0: Hello, Mike.
1: <laughs> Hi, Marcus. <laughs> to
0: see you. Uh, this is quite wonderful to see you again. I was uh, trying to remember when we first met. I think it, I'm pretty sure it was 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah.
1: and, that's, and, that, and that's a good thing, right? Isn't it? I mean, that shows a kind of continuity and of enthusiasm of interests and and finding new ways to stay in touch and and being excited about stuff. So, yeah, very much. You know, when when you get to sort of big anniversaries, there's a temptation to go, oh. but it's an achievement, and we should celebrate it. So, and that's what we're doing, isn't it? You no. Know.
0: Yeah, yeah, we are. And you know, it's it's clearly clearly also related to well, of you know, acquiring new perspectives and also like new skills, for lack of a better word, to see because like back then, I don't think i I was able to imagine what it would be like to know somebody or have met somebody 20 years ago uh if you you know what i mean like it it really the quality changes completely you know as you Mm -hmm. as you get older like you know thinking back like when we met i was 30 now i'm 50 and Mm -hmm. um, then going back another 20 years we would have been 10 years old around 10 years old and uh well actually, i actually don't know how old you are it doesn't matter but <laughs>
1: <laughs> let's let's just say some, somewhere safely in my 50s <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's an, no you know in interesting transitions it's um, uh, but you know staying you know staying positive in a way i mean and that i, I absolutely agree in terms of looking for we can have of continu- continuity of interest and still be interested in the same thing we were interested in when we were 15 but we're doing some if we're doing something about it at all then we're doing something different um and i think i think that that that's the key i mean any any definition of growth is you're doing something different even if it's the same thing and i think that's why some some musicians they have a very recognizable voice but they're surrounding themselves with different people um others change their voice and they can work with the same people and and and, and anything anything in between um but it's yeah. it's lovely to be prompted to find new things by new people or or you know a skill i increasingly appreciate is important and that is taking the same relationship whether it's a creative relationship or a personal relationship and bringing something new in because otherwise it 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 can kind of turn into a fossil and and you lose something precious and typically the moment you realize you're losing it is when it's irretrievable um, and and that that's so that that's, that's that's a challenge to keep nurturing such that you know that 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 doesn't happen. And, and also you know have you know I know so there's so much that's there's so much that's really, really serious in the world at the moment and and it <laughs> that that makes it hard to play and 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 mess about. Sometimes, or it, potentially, it does. I mean, that that that's sometimes what I feel. You know, it sometimes feels that, you know, with with the world so full of you know really, really critically serious stuff, um, it it can be a challenge to respond to that. And sometimes, I think what's needed is is just the opposite. You 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 find the thing you're looking for by doing doing something that initially looks pointless or stupid, um, and you stop yourself thinking about, you know, that, all that difficult stuff, and come out with something that. But, but later on helps you make sense. I actually think it's the process. I, I found this. Um, there was a um, there was a particular point. I think towards the end of uh, is it when was it end of twenty? It was the, the second half of twenty twenty one. So pandemic is grinding on. Different places are responding in different ways, and I've been involved in a project with um Oz, my collaborator with Darkroom. And, and it was stuck, and it just just wasn't finished. And in the end, I thought, we just have to I have to find a way of doing this, and that will be my response to everything that's going on. I don't, I don't care who listens to it. I don't care where it goes. It's just important for me. This is really important for me. I've let it get important. It's become too serious. I just need to play with it again and, and listen to it, become a fresh person to hear it.
0: Yeah, what, what does that mean in practice? What did what did happen?
1: Well, it means um it means I got perhaps a bit too focused on what it meant and I just needed to start listening again and just just go to hearing the notes and and hope that or trust that the ability to listen and go, Oh, maybe I'll change that. Or because it's 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 primarily um a document of um extended improvisation some of which effectively got orchestrated afterwards and, and the danger with a product like project like that is it collapses under its own weight and you lose sight of what's good about it and and you're tempted to keep messing with it and and i've had some lovely lovely guest appearances uh from one guitarist in particular john durant had contributed to a piece and it was lovely work and i thought oh i really want to share this because john's on it um and i i sought out another guitarist bill walker um to get his perspective on it and he he sent us some tracks and and, and actually he <laughs> he wasn't very happy with them and I, i'll never understand why and um, bill must have either phenomenal standards or it just wasn't what he thought he wanted to do <laughs> um, but when i heard them it was like oh no no Give me this stuff. Just keep giving it to me, and and we'll we'll do something with it. It's exactly what we need, and that 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 was the clue. It was just to be able to play again and to focus on the sound rather than what what it what it meant. Um, but yeah. then, all sort of having got past that initial difficult stage, I felt it all came together.
0: Yeah, see, it's it's all about perspective, right? Like you could you could change your perspective, or you could get somebody else involved. To mm-hmm. contribute something that then changes your perspective, or you have somebody contribute something where you don't have no idea what that's going to be, and and then you, as with Bill, you realize Bill doesn't have any perspective.
1: <laughs> well, then, um, and he, he, what what he'd sent, I mean, so Bill, I, I sent, I think we, sent, no, maybe I'm making this up, but it's going to be a lovely story anyway. Um, I'm sure we sent Bill a mix of something and he said, oh, I can't hear my guitar or, or the bit I can hear. It doesn't sound any good. And, and I said, no, no, what, what we'll do? We'll, we'll solo your guitar that we've edited together. We'll just we'll just send you that. Um, and then I I played him what we'd sent. And I thought. This is another version. This is just another piece. Um, we've assembled it on top of something, but now I hear it like this. I I, I want someone else to hear it. I want to hear it. And it's got me out of that space of obsessing about whether it's any good or not and, and just trusting that it is. Um, and it, it it really was beautiful um, what both John and, and Bill con- contributed um, to this project. But one of the things they contributed, and perhaps I've never told them this, is just just how much their perspective helped me dig myself out of a hole and say, now I can see that it's it's finished. I'm doing finite steps because I'd... Um, I think the way my brain sometimes tends to work is it, um, it it feels weighed down with some expectations that I've created for myself, and the way around that is just, again to listen to the sounds and tune in on specific things and take one little specific step, um, and and then discover what the next one is and just just keep going until until uh, until I feel we've arrived. I'm
0: I'm fascinated by people like I say like you people who are seem to be like very sensitive and very uh, considerate about music and about their contribution to music um like I see myself kind of like a like a rowdy kind of guy <laughs> in a way right like I'm...
1: <laughs> but, but then it i was gonna say that that bringing bringing different types uh bringing those different qualities together um I, mean, I think i think the first time i met bill was was um was at a a, a loop festival that uh, bernhard wagner organized uh, in zurich i think it was 2005 um and i i think bill was very tired from jet lag and and uh, the fir- the first time we met i don't think we hit it off at all but then the, the next day he said something to me and I thought oh, that's really profound uh, so <laughs> we, we spent we then spent more more time talking and we've stayed in we've stayed in touch um, occasionally ever since um so I, I knew his his or Oz and I knew his brother Rick first because of his contribution to organizing all of those all of those uh, events worldwide in 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 the first place but um I, is that is that different? different perspective but then but also discovering that there's something in common i think that's the thing it, it's like the two points of view can't be too far apart else there's no there's no connection um but I, I i know that you know my collaborator in darkroom um oz uh used a phrase once he said he referred to the joy and the pain of working with michael bear Park. <laughs> and and i think we we've established a balance where he's 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 very good at generating versions of stuff and saying it's done and sometimes i'll just say no no it's not really it really isn't that that sounds wrong
0: so that's that's the pain part for him when you say no
1: yes yeah and when i say no Ah. repeated or or can i can we just try this and it's like oh it's done just just don't do that but you know he's gracious enough to acknowledge after Mm -hmm. 20 new versions of something sometimes that yeah yeah i'm glad we did that that's better um so he's he's, it doesn't he doesn't hold resentment in a sense but yeah yeah again it's a different kind of it's trusting a process but with with another person and so and sometimes he will just say no that that's it and i have to you know come to accept that that's how it should be and eventually perhaps i'm prompted that yeah okay that that is done now
0: it's also a sort of luxury right to you know if you can actually create versions and and sleep on something uh even yeah. like if you sleep for 3 months or it's it's <laughs> i think it's important and it uh it's but like like that's what i meant like i don't think i i have had that opportunity much in my musical career to work like that um but it's also i think like for me it's because of my my very own psychology where i can work you know I'm like a last minute guy you know Mm -hmm. I procrastinate and somehow like the 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 process of press procrastination is actually where I'm doing all the preparation and and then I'm just doing it so so that's Mm -hmm. that's also probably why I don't need to create many versions or have to sleep on it much um you know because all the work's already done
1: I think I think I understand incubation some, some there's something internal happening that prepares you for stuff so that or builds up a little pressure so that when when it really has to happen and there's no opportunity for avoiding or or, or considering alternatives then the one that's meant to come out uh, does and i think i think i understand that in terms of in terms of performance and so that's why we capture uh, as darkroom when we have the opportunity to do performances we try and capture everything even if even if most of it just sits on a hard drive and and yes. doesn't get used, and then what's there can be reworked or added to. Uh, I mean, yeah, you know, we we've created extended works based on improvisation, and what I hope by the end of it is that I don't know the bits where we made a hundred edits or where we just left something for twenty minutes and I fixed one click. Yes, uh, but it, yeah. it should it should be seamless. It's 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 a way of create. Putting in a recorded form a different perspective on what we ended up generating, but I know that if we hadn't done the live performance, I wouldn't have gone to that space at all. Uh, and would, so, so sorry,
0: do you guys usually build compositions on improvised material, or do you start? Yeah, right. Yeah, so, it's
1: it's well. So, sometimes we'll seed the improvisation, as in mm-hmm. you know, there's there's some kind of guide structure or or um maybe tone center or or starting point and some thought about how how that's going to develop um but I, I suspect this has been another frustration for us sometimes he would be quite keen to establish a key center because he's playing bass clarinet and so it actually matters for him whereas mm-hmm. I I trust that I will hear it and and that's the right thing will come out but but I'm more and more, I'm conscious that it does help to to seed things because that that's a way of pushing myself to be in a different place. Um, le- left to my own devices, I'd probably drift towards some kind of folky modal playing, and and sometimes I want to do something different. So that 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 probably has to, there I have to be a bit more conscious of it and and force myself, and that also slows me down as well, which is great. Um, <laughs> kind of keep keep some space in material which means that if we want to add something to it afterwards uh then then it's a lot a lot easier but i'm i'm, I'm good for punching out holes in stuff that's been recorded and and <laughs> and reshaping it and actually the, the last thing we released um is an album called fallout four and that the original recordings for that were done in 2012 um and we have this kind of decaying exponential curve where we're getting infinitely infinitesimally closer uh, to it being done and we got um O'Podmore Podmore to to master it to tell us it was done <laughs> and even then it's like well what's the right vehicle for uh, releasing it and we discussed with someone about doing it and in the end um we both realized that in the in all this time Oz as expert sleepers had set up his own label to release his own music and he said look we're we're just going to release it this way um and Mm. let it make its way in the world and then that was the next stage of choosing image to go with it which we worked with carl glover who produced something fantastic and and then actually it was an image we'd chosen about five years ago maybe six years ago um and when we both looked at it again we thought that looks really cold war (laughs) no it's (laughs) It, it it's uh, at the particular time we were thinking of doing it it was quite a scary precedent and um, you know it's it's again what I mean about um unconsciously responding to events and your memories of times past and and tr- trusting the process so to me to me that's what it looks like to someone else it's just going to look like a um a Chris Foss painting from a 1970s science fiction paperback
0: and you see and like the... And, The wonderful thing about incubation is that sometimes we can't be really sure if it's the the smaller thing let's say that grows or changes to fit in the bigger picture or sometimes it's the small thing that is constant and the world around it changes and suddenly it fits so maybe sometimes you have you would like your ideas go through permutations. Other times the idea stays the same and the world goes through permutations, and then suddenly the pieces fit. You know, yeah. Because I mean, like when you when you say like you you chose an image five years ago, which maybe like this year has a completely different connotation than it would have had five years ago, yeah. right?
1: yes no that, that, that's I, I i i get what you mean it, it has it has an extra resonance i mean it's still because it fits the music in a big that in terms of um representing the number of pieces that are included on the album it was always it was always the right choice and Carl understood our love of you know atmospheric 70s science fiction but now it looks like something else um mm-hmm. <laughs> and, but but in an oblique way it's not it's not making a direct point on that and that that's kind of important to me as well it, it's as with anything whether it's a um a cover image or a title it imply that there are multiple multiple interpretations are possible um mm-hmm. that's normally the test of a good title for me if it's got at least at least two interpretations then then we're probably good
0: <laughs> and so as as a guitarist um you said that like setting some rules is basically slowing you down um mm-hmm. I know that for other people like not having a framework slows them down it's it's uh, it's interesting to see how like the personality of the of the player is highly dependent on the context of improvisation right mm-hmm. and when you play because like something I you know I'm like obviously known you for 20 years and I've, I've seen you play 20 years ago so mm-hmm. um so the I'm not saying it's it's necessary but like in music you have like you have the timbre you have the sound and you have the pitches right so Mm -hmm. so there's there's almost like you see you could say like two almost kind of separate worlds that can be combined in different ways you could have the same timbre and play all 12 notes Mm -hmm. but then you can also like stack Mm -hmm. your pentatonic scale and then that creates a timbre and so it's like they they are never really independent of each other but how do you approach um improvisation from that perspective so how much of how much consideration um do you give the the timbre the sonic quality and then also like the way the phrasing like say the articulation of the notes is that something that you do uh, say automatically intuitively or do you use your conscious there as well <laughs> is it,
1: uh that's that's interesting i mean my ne- next year it might actually be different because of someone has asked me to uh, to test some things we can we can talk about in a bit but but i know that my my kind of default is to have a very lovely you know actually fairly traditional guitar sound it, it it will sound like it's been through some kind of tube processing and and current currently the favorite way i've got to achieve that is a um a di D- D- box which is is tube um it took me several years to work out how to use it because it's it's really designed i, I think it's designed for super high gain sounds and mm-hmm. and i've never learned how to get those from an amplifier (laughs) i've always used pedals for them so so in the end the the clue for me for that was to to use kind of dials that are right at the end of their setting because actually it's a lovely just voicing um and having having got that um it it's a bit like using a good ingredient in cooking you don't have to use that much of it um Mm -hmm. i find if if the food's if it's not quite so tasty then you want more of it and having something that sounds good for me is a way of saying I'm satisfied when I play this so therefore I can play less and in our music that's that that's a good starting point to to not feel the need to constantly be playing Um, and in in terms of in terms of uh, textures then I, I suppose because I've always pretty much always generated distorted tones with devices then then it's simple i can have more than one device um, mm-hmm. and and I, I i've set up a small pedal board which has the kind of session musician distortion pedal it, you know it's some kind of um rat or tube streamer like device because mm-hmm. the setting i use it on does something nice to an amplifier input um and so I've got these almost two switches of something that's quite quite clean and pure, but slightly um, amplifier treated, and then something that has a little bit more color or, or grit on top. And then either of those can be fed with um, an array of um, eccentric distortion devices. And, and I, I've got one which is transformer based, which is it. it you know, it, it 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 just says chaos on front on the front of it. And that that's primarily what I use it for uh, to add some chaos. <laughs> <laughs> add, add chaos here, but but very much conscious that it it it's it's a particular voicing of chaos, if that makes any sense at all. Uh, it 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 will respond in a very, very nonlinear way. Um, and it, occasionally, if I'm stuck for what to do, I'll just switch it on because then I don't know what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. and creating that and then responding to it um will be i'll I'll know sometimes i'll very strongly feel that something needs to happen in improvisation and my two typical instinctive responses are either to shut up so that someone else can provide it you know if i or to come in with something um where i really don't know what's going to happen um and occasionally that works out spectacularly well. <laughs> um, sometimes it doesn't, of course. Um, but, but no, no one else knows what I was going to do. Um, and that—that's that, the liberating thing. And I, I think the perspective I have on that is, if you—if someone told you to walk along a wall, a, a brick wall that's that's ten centimeters off the ground, it, the, there's no threat there. You know, if you fall off doesn't doesn't matter you'll just get straight back on and, and there's but if but if you made it 10 meters high then all of a sudden it becomes very scary yet it's the same thing you're doing the same task it's just you you're much more conscious of what happens if you fail um and sometimes i think musicians give themselves that perspective of like oh what if i fail or, you know what if i mess up or what if i look stupid but my impression is that um that's something that skilled performers have learned to control um, and they, they they trust that going out there even if they mess up badly it'll still be a memorable event and there have been a couple of occasions when I've seen people mess up badly <laughs> and it's come to define the event because of how they responded or what they did or what was created afterwards and that that's what makes it special um, I wouldn't necessarily put those things out as released music but as an occasion I can treasure them um cause that's that's I can, the habit of living
0: i can i can tell you from like playing having played hundreds of more than 500 performances in the last 10 years that that's why people go to shows they they do want to take part in the recovery you know awesome. they want to experience that and they mm-hmm. also want want to enjoy that they enjoy the being on the edge that the musicians yeah most musicians experience when they're on stage mm-hmm. right and i think it's it's a wonderful thing that somehow you say like you said like you wouldn't necessarily put it out but i i find that one i mean i here um if there's if people if the musicians are on the edge it's something that kind of like speaks through the music to me. Mm-hmm. and i find that very satisfying to experience even in a on a recorded uh, in a recorded format,
1: not necessarily
0: live.
1: Yeah, when you hear that, it's almost like that heightened connectivity, um, and that that I think that's part of the reason why we use um, we typically use improvisations or performances as a seed for something, even if in the end it's completely uh, deleted from a section, because there's something was captured there that if someone asks me to do an overdub on something, um, I I know it it's um it's uh, probably not going to come up with that intensity some sometimes it happens um there was a uh, Stefano panunzi asked me to add some guitar to a piece he put together for, as a as a tribute to Mick Khan um and um <laughs> I think on that occasion he worked out how to get something out of me because he said uh basically I need it tomorrow uh, what can you do <laughs> which is a great way of F- focusing things um, and there was a moment when I was playing on it when I thought it's like it's like mix here um, I, I, I was privileged enough to meet him a few times I saw him playing with um, with with uh, no man with Tim, Tim bonus and Stephen Wilson and, and, and what watch what he could do and watch that magic but hearing that on my speakers in this room it, it, it was a kind of it was an echo it was like it, it was like there was something there and i was just reminded how how special this was so that that part of me that was going to be lazy and not do it i I managed to overcome it because i said well i can't this is just such a privilege to have the opportunity to do this um and it's such a privilege listening to that playing so it it found its way through and i think i generated something that had some kind of connectivity even at a distance i mean i i watched the paul mccartney um a bit of the paul mccartney concert from Glastonbury Um, I I wasn't going to Um, I I, I just happened to be thinking I would watch something for half an hour that evening and of course I I tuned in and then I I ended up watching the whole I watched all of it Um, it was great on a number of levels but but there was one beautiful moment where some footage of John Lennon singing had been found and, and edited by Peter Jackson such that he could perform with it I was in tears watching that because somehow across the universe <laughs> a connection was found and, and it, it, it it came to life in a really, really special way. And to me, I mean, I have no idea what it's like to have that, that kind of musical interaction or reach that kind of level of um, it, impact on the world, but it, there was just something so beautiful and so special and, and it was that sense of constantly... Rediscovering something new in the music, Um, really, really beautiful. I I also love the fact that when he played stuff that wasn't the Beatles, he he acknowledged the fact that perhaps most people there weren't really interested in, you know, even even in Wings, let alone some of the other stuff. He said, "But we're going to play it anyway because it's good," and it is. Um, So you know, I I discovered new thing new things that Paul McCartney was doing uh, this year, and they're, they're they're really rather lovely
0: yeah isn't isn't it amazing that music is such a a lively let's just call it experience because it's never the same like you listen to a tune today and then you listen tomorrow and you may be hearing a different part you may be like focusing on something else you may have a different kind of emotional response to it like uh maybe there's even something that you've listened to even almost 50 years ago and listen to it back now and you you kind of you maybe you're reminded of an old feeling or Mm -hmm. an old response but then it's it's like in a very new context now as the adult and and I I think music is just it's just so uh it's just so rich because of that there's there's really no it's not a fixed thing even and this is what i just said like even if it's recorded there is there's so much to it and, um, and i i also take that as like like talking about music that we make you know that we create like for me it's about like like if i can still rediscover something new like over those like you that you said like five years that you're working on something then that for me is sort of like a sign like even though i wouldn't be working for five years but you know what i mean like yes if i can keep keep hearing it differently then that also tells me that it may be done you know what i mean right so
1: okay Uh, i know i'll tell you you, it's got um your perspective changes and evolves it it has the cape. it it's such that you continue to care about it i think that that's perhaps also yeah. a thing for me that you, if you if if you heard it and you discovered that you didn't care then then that's perhaps a useful perspective to have um uh, or if you a uh, couple, you know, couple of, oh sorry please you no know, some some sometimes
0: i think it can be also good to learn to not care because if somebody else cares mm-hmm. right and you trust you have trust in that person then i'm i'm quite capable of also um saying yes like a like a really deep yes to something that i'm not convinced of because i know there's yeah. somebody else who is right and somebody else who cares
1: and yeah. uh, i think i think that's a really important perspective and it's why um you know that there are all sorts of joys and opportunities in performing music with people um but there are uh, there are also potential irritations And one of the things that I confess irritates me is being in a collective who walk off stage and then the first thing someone talks about is a mistake they made mm-hmm. <laughs> um and or maybe even a mistake I made, you know, because that, that that's then the focus. It's like they've taken something that was beautiful and they've picked out the what they perceive as a deficit and that, that's the bit they want to focus on rather than wasn't all of that, whatever it was, um, and perhaps someone watching that connected with it in a way that we just don't understand, but is nevertheless truly important for them. And I wouldn't want to devalue it by by focusing on the fact that something... There was an intention, and we did something different because maybe it was better, or, or maybe it wasn't. It, it, again, it's this—it's it, what it means to someone else, um, and perhaps that's that's what people mean when they say getting themselves out of the way um, and not 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 interfering with the process too much, or or in, maybe in the wrong way. Um, I mean, inevitably, the idea of some kind of balance emerges but if someone has a beautiful experience watching something that i do and i, I i'm not comfortable with it then i'd like to think i would acknowledge that you know, both both perspectives are, are are valid but actually if they got something out of listening to it then ultimately um i, I wasn't mainly playing it for me i was hoping that it might be heard um and i, I i'm actually prepared to give that that other perspective um something which which is partly why i think we labor recordings a bit because um i think i you know i sometimes think that part of the reason some projects i work on fall between different areas of interest is because um we'll make music that on one level is perhaps a little bit challenging and experimental yet for people who's who's whole world is that kind of music. It's almost too accessible. <laughs> so it's almost perverse. You know, we'll we'll work on an album for 10 years. Um, it'll include some really kind of grainy synthesizers and and drones that build over 15 minutes, yet we'll master it as if it was recorded by Trevor Horn in Psalm West.
0: <laughs> and I think that's I think that's wonderful actually. It's mm-hmm. like this is this is the care that you are talking like we were talking about right like in the end like you care about your experimental music that maybe like let's say 80 people in the whole world will appreciate yeah. <laughs> but you 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 know you just just treat treat it with care and I yeah, think it'll that's, become
1: that's effort- it will it, become effortless it, the, the, if it sounds like there's effort in it i think this is something i really got from tim bonas if it sounds like you sort of furrowed brow sweating over it then it, it, i think he, he's. He, I know he said a number of times to me he, he gravitates toward music where it sounds wh- whatever it is it sounds effortless even if it wasn't yes uh, and that, yeah. that music that has that kind of quality that kind of goes beyond whatever the effort was in creating it that that for me sounds magical rather than hearing the difficulty in the solo or hearing you know some aspect of the of the of the composition and and feeling that someone needs to tell me how difficult it is. And I think, I think that lots of transcendent players maybe have that ability, but they don't necessarily feel the need to bring it out all of the time (laughs) or, or use it in a certain way that, that, that demonstrates that they're testing their ability, that they just have it and they have the confidence in it and they'll do the right thing with it. Whatever they decide that is. I think with really
0: the, the absolute greats it's you really need to analyze stuff you really need to consciously uh deconstruct it in order to understand what is actually happening so like the complexity and and well we both know that we love Mike Oldfield's music right mm-hmm. so so it like is the best example of effortlessness also the best example of somebody having like a very very distinctive voice and and but like. He's always changing what he does it's always changing the context you know mm-hmm. like even, even trying to trying to force him to, trying to break it even trying to break himself somehow um, but the the resulting like the melody may sound like super simple and you know and then you sit down when you sit down and you try to play it and you realize oh, what's happening now this this the melody goes across three octaves like i had never i never experienced it as having that complexity or having and i am completely on your side or on tim's side like to say that's kind of like really the highest form of art where 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 the where the complexity is is doesn't doesn't matter it, it's not
1: important at all yeah yeah and, and and i think some sometimes the surprises in his music they're in surprising places i mean i um because you know some some of his live performance history even before Tubular Bells was as a bass player uh, he is a remarkably good bass player and and his bass lines sometimes I'll listen to those and think where did that come from um, and you know it's it, it's it's a fascination in a number of fields for me you know how how did someone think that what 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 wires got put together in their brain such that that was the natural thing to do because it sounds effortless but also, you know that however much you work on your own craft, you're never going to come up with that. Okay, at a certain point, that's fine. But occasionally, you know, you think particularly, you know, Mike's a great example. You think, oh, I wish. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, he's where I stole that kind of folky modal thing from because he does that so well. But then, you know, you hear you hear him perform, I think it's with, with Robert Wyatt, isn't it? And, and he plays mm-hmm. in a you know, much more out- Way or, or occasionally he's, you know, um, pieces where he he is put in a different context when he allowed other other people to do that, um and something comes out and you realize just just how phenomenal, he he you know can be. I, 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 let's say it can be because because, um I, I'd even pick out some not all of his song albums but but you know some some of the pieces there that it connects. In, in a way that's truly, truly heartfelt. I think he he's one of people I admire because he's a because of his ability as a player, but also because of his perspective on the whole thing, um, to, to be able to conceptualize an album and put it together and hear it from start to finish and hear how pieces fit together. And I think you know, I, I think he's consistently underrated as a guitarist. Um, nobody really thinks of him as a bass player anymore. But as an arranger and producer, I think you know, and to be able to do all of those things, I mean, there, there aren't many people who've genuinely acquired that level of mastery um, and consistently innovated that way. Um, and yeah, it's, I, my path is complete is completely different. But I got I got an awful lot of listening to his arrangements and thinking mm-hmm. that you know he'll even make a reverb talk, or he'll you can hear how he's changed that as part of the arrangement where someone else just might have put it on as a preset mm. he's shaped it and it's talking to the the lead voice in mm. in, a, in a in a dialogue he's doing call and response call and response with an effect um and now with plugins everybody's got access to those tools but are they using it in that way no they don't just they don't let themselves voice something like that perhaps in mm
0: you know like speaking of like modern times of uh digital audio workstations and click tracks and you know like the tempo is always set when you're opening mm-hmm. software like that and and then you uh i mean you must have seen uh, some of mike's performances like the videos some performances as well like how bloody serious he is about <laughs> the te- about the tempos and stuff mm-hmm like where you can see where where like the band has to slow down has to speed up has to have like like a an immediate tempo change in place and stuff like that and where he's like like you can see like i was struggling to make make this his vision or his understanding of how it should be actually felt to the performance so that they can follow and and i think that is sort of like a an old uh an old art in a way well not old because like obviously uh, uh conductors do that with orchestras right mm. but 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 this this meeting point in say like instrumental music but rock music um loud music uh, you know compared to just purely orchestral uh, acoustic music i think that's that's just a wonderful thing and and that is something that's sort of i don't i don't want to say that it's a lost art because i don't believe that but mm-hmm. it's just it's just something that has become so rare that that people have that freedom and that that they use something like not just like change of key or the change of texture, but also the change of tempo, the change of density, as you say, like the change of the the space and, and these things. And uh, and that's why I, I'm with you that we can all learn a lot from people like Mike Oldfield.
1: And and also potentially in performance, you've you've got um, the ability to change to change volume, uh, and and yeah. I suppose the 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 experience I have working with Stephen Wilson as a guitarist is, um, you know, Tim Bonus is a quiet singer and Stephen Wilson is a loud guitarist. So the fact that we ever managed to balance the two of them on stage that that, that that's a challenge as a starting point. <laughs> how how that ever worked is a mystery. Um,
0: I, I, but, are you allowed? Are you a loud player?
1: Um, no, no. Um, I, I I like to hear something breathe. So I, I I like to have the the ability to create dynamics. Um, and if it's a context where there's acoustic drums, then I don't want to be caught out because you know the drums have ramped up to something very very loud, and I'm using a little five watt guitar amplifier that 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 hasn't got the ability to match that occasionally, but but I can't I can't stand hearing things that are too loud just for the just for the sake of it or where they're kind of at constant, constant dense volume. It's 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 a um speak softly but carry a big stick and occasionally use it. Uh, I think I think it's for occasion, but it it it, it it's this other, it's a, this other variable. And also, because the thing I value really is control and dynamics. um actually when i'm when I'm mixing guitar, uh, I know that I tend to do I, I tend to want things to sound like they're dynamic, but actually not be. I think that's part of the trick of recording. Um, yeah, we 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 want we want to have the effect um but also to have that effect work in more than one context. and and most people, are listening on mono speakers or, or earbuds, and or on you know, perhaps on a on a on a busy commuter train, or or sort of when they're out running, um, and it, something that's well mastered, I think, gives something to all of those. Um, yes. So there has to be this illusion of dynamics without it actually being dynamic. Because if you, something that's really dynamic won't sound good in that context, yet it will when the perspective is different because the overall volume overall volume is different um, exactly I think, I think I actually did a hearing test a couple of years ago I was surprised by the results um, because I thought that when I was stupid and 15 and did play guitar very loud <laughs> that I would have done myself some permanent damage and and um, I, I feel lucky that I didn't do it for longer because um, actually by i think conscious training conscious doing a lot of listening um my my hearing is that of a 25 year old i I can still hear very high frequencies um uh i i'm not sure that i have a right to but i I think it's keeping things in balance and perspective um and i think there is by training your attention on something like that it, it it seems like you can develop it but I I I don't know the science of that I don't I don't honestly know whether it's true
0: I I know I know musicians in their uh 60s that have very very bad hearing like they are almost deaf but they're still amazing at listening to mixes and writing down feedback and there's there's a way that the, the brain or the whole nervous system sort of like makes makes up for that there's yeah. some sort of amplification there's sort of like I think that the the experience and having all those references of like 60 years of listening to music is more valuable than a good ear somehow good ear as in technically working well you know yeah. and Tra- and I training. find that fascinating
1: yeah. yeah well we we have this illusion that what comes through our senses just is yeah it's massively reconstructed by our brains and so i the, the scope for training perhaps perhaps is 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 there is there up to a point um no like that that gives me hope in a way i don't know i don't know how steven's hearing is so good given how how much he enjoys hearing his amp cranked but I, I know that um clearly he he's someone who has that ability to conceptualize whole projects or he, or even his career to some extent, I mean that really—that really is next level. <laughs> I can't imagine yes. how you do it.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, it's almost like making making music on on a level that does not involve music.
1: Yeah. Well, you see, <laughs> you see the pictures of Frank Zappa, for example. You know, Frank signals to his band. You know, Frank wants to hear something in quad, or you know, you shut up, you do this, uh, mm-hmm. and you know. <laughs> the the conductor in rock the role of the conductor in rock music um and i think there is an aspect when you you realize that you're you are a conductor of certain forces and and that that's a a, a privileged position to be in and to have to have reached that point where you where you can do that but also but also make something of it um
0: so mike um uh, we i've never um heard you speak about your Work, as in uh, computational chemistry.
1: Ah, <laughs> the other side.
0: <laughs> the other side. It's it's fascinating. Like looking at your Wikipedia page, <laughs> there's like one paragraph about the one side and one paragraph about the other side. <laughs> yeah, there
1: are 2 there?
0: Well, no. I I to be honest, like I wasn't I wasn't even aware of uh, of you being a researcher scientist Mm -hmm. um uh, dan chin mentioned that to me maybe like a year or so ago oh okay and and that's that's also when i was thinking okay like this is a great opportunity uh maybe to invite mike and to talk about that because like i have uh, i didn't even know so can you can you tell me about what you do
1: (laughs) um sure uh Do you, do you know the book by Ted Green called Chord Chemistry, or have you come across it? No, no. I, um, I saw it when. So when when I was starting to play guitar, it's it, it sufficiently long ago that there weren't the kind of levels of materials that were available now. And so one one thing you might do is go into a, um, a music store and look at look at books, and that there was Ted's book. Um, and there's a picture of him, on, him on, on, the, on the front. And the title is just Chord Chemistry. And honestly, you know, <laughs> got to be careful letting people read books, right? You know, because they can be influential. <laughs> Stuff goes in. And that, that idea that there could be a chemistry of chords you know, for someone who could barely play a bar chord on a guitar, it was just fascinating. Um, it's like this whole world opened up or, or the the idea that it could even be there. I think sometimes that that's what inspiration means for someone. It's just like highlighting that that world is there and they didn't even have a clue. And, and the important thing probably is it happens at the right time because it might have happened several times before, um, and it, it doesn't connect, and then and then it does. And in in terms of things that I used to do at school, I I, I was fascinated by by books of all kinds and, and writing. And, and science happened almost as an accident. Um, mm-hmm. I, because of reading about people in the process of discovery and, and wondering what what that would be like. And, and then sort of a, a se- sequence of opportunities emerged. I didn't, I, I wasn't sure that I was... Um, determined enough to to write for a living and i also didn't know what that meant i, I th- there wasn't a clue about what 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 that would be like but i, I sort of knew something about because by science because there were lo- lots of engineers in my family and this was like oh it's kind of close enough but it's also straight you know it's this other other way of looking at the world and um and i became fascinated by by chemistry and how things combined in the same way that i became interested in you know what is the chemistry of music what's underneath what what makes things connect and why does something sound good together and, and some other stuff not sound good together and to me they've always blurred a bit um <laughs> and I, actually when i went to bernhard's loop festival <laughs> the, i think there was a photo from that event and i looked at it and i thought this looks exactly like a scientific conference photo you know everybody everybody's gone off to give their talk they've done their half hour presentation they've had questions afterwards (laughs) um people get together and they swap swap ideas about technologies and latest developments and other things they've come across and i promise you it's the same (laughs) it's it's identical um Uh and also that 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 sense of keeping wanting to find out things and be interested and in, and then the, the challenge of making them into some into some kind of career um and and ba- balancing the two um you know I, I feel very privileged to have had the opportunity to to take things that i was interested in when i was 15 and still be doing them 40 years later and have the chance to make a um a contribution in both fields and al- and also to some extent to and you know this is something that's increasingly important to me now to 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 provide something that's left behind so that others can reuse or not, uh, if if they want to, whether that's kind of um, in, instruction or something written down or 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 shaping something that I know will happen, perhaps when I don't have time or just you know, simply won't be around. Like, whether that's because of lack of interest or, or because, because I simply can't because I can't anymore. Um, but there's something about the process of doing them that's very similar for me uh, the thing that's distinctly different is how you know whether something's true um, um, what's the definition of true um, I know what it is so scientific, scientifically things that are true are are so because they're testable no. whether they're ever actually tested is is something that's causing quite a lot of debate at the moment, particularly when you have experiments that are so difficult to do or 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 where only one place is set up to do them. but the the the, the principle that someone could test it uh, and reproduce it and then come up with the same conclusion, even if the details are different, I think that's that's something vital to hold on to. and and as an aside, I feel that it's something. You know I, I used to think the argument in favor of that was just sorted, and we wouldn't be coming back to questions that were essentially unscientific. And I think that was naive of me. I actually think there's a it's it's it it's a responsibility of people who have some understanding of the process to be open and honest about it. and 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 you know for for all its faults, it's it it it's a way of generating consensus and understanding that, that's that's testable that's in principle testable by someone somewhere else and it's not a question of authority or or someone saying that it's so when it's not um, and that that increasingly seems important uh, it seems important to be reminding people that there is such a thing um, in, ter- in terms of music um, it's whether it's right or not whether it feels right, whether it's got that quality that goes beyond, um, it's it's not necessarily. And this comes back to Mike Oldfield. He, you know, he he wrote in his, um, or it, yes, he he let's say he wrote in his book of showing something in a music class once, and a teacher going at looking at it and saying that's wrong, and then they played it and they heard it, and it was like that's beautiful, but it's wrong. <laughs> it doesn't fit so therefore there must be something some quality of of rightness about it um it's it's not unique and it's a function of time and but there's still something that you can hear when you get there Uh, and I think that's sometimes why we take so long over things it's because I'm not quite sure that we've got there and then eventually my kind of snail process I realize we've kind of crawled over the line at some point (laughs) and we probably are there um, or, or kind of not sharing it will will some will somehow feel like a loss. Um, no, mathematicians have a really rigorous definition of of truth uh, and proof, and physical sciences kind of drift down because there's there's an extra empirical or observational aspect. Um, and I think all of those can be applied to to music. You can have a, a, a useful theor- you know you can have a, have a theoretical understanding. Um, that generates something that's rather unexciting um, and just the joy of noise and wow what does this button do and and a perspective on that and, and enough to know that you can see the shape um, emerging and then it turns into something that means something and potent- potentially even lasts
0: um. So I was, I was going to say just like a few minutes ago that I'm tempted to ask you about the relation um, relationship between chemistry and music. And also the, I think you already talked about it now, like also what, what truth means in both of these uh, uh, fields, right? But, but, but like, let me, let me just ask you hmm. something, some more about the computational chemistry. Because sure. like, I, I really have no idea what it is, like I have no idea, but I have sort of like I could make up ideas, mm-hmm. but I don't want to do that. I want you to just, just give me an example or um, give me an example of what you're doing.
1: OK. Um- so Christmas Day last year, um, I watched the launch of the James Webb Space Telescope. This is this thing that's parked in a distant orbit from Earth now, and is sending back um, fantastic pictures of of distant galaxies. And that, that that was part of its mission to to capture better versions of um, pictures of objects in deep space. Um, but but it. It's actually a chemistry instrument um because one of the things we discover is out there is um molecules collect collections of atoms bound together in in regular structures that have properties that you can measure uh, but it's it's such an unusual environment because it's because it's such high vacuum and there's no liquid out there um as an aside one of the perspectives i've got from thinking about all that stuff is just how unbelievably special this planet is mm-hmm. liquid water you you I, I don't know where else you find it uh, for for example you know, the comets are icy um but space is solid and gas there's no there's no liquid water um anywhere else in the solar system that's been discovered as as far yeah. as i know and and you know we critically depend on that so we better look after here or find find ways to renew here and make it so that it, it is possible it is possible to stay um so james webb space telescope um actually looks like a certain type of molecule that's made out of carbon and it has these regular structures and um people developed all sorts of insights from trying to measure stuff um but the discipline that i got very involved in is the one that says we can calculate what properties a molecule will have and understand why it has a certain structure uh, and understand what the possibilities are for it to absorb light and give off light and the things that they see with james webb space telescope Um, so
0: so is this like the geometry of the molecule is that like what what is the math uh like what what are you what are you dealing with in terms of data you know uh,
1: position um, well this is fascinating <laughs> I didn't think we were going here um, Schrodinger derived an equation uh, a wave equation that 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 helps you understand what the wave properties of matter are because it, that, that was one of the fascinating insights from the first 25 years of the 20th century that things that people thought of as particles when they're very small they also turn out to have some wave-like behaviour. And and that sounds really mysterious and unlikely because we don't don't see it, although we do, because the the reason that things have a regular structure and absorb light of specific frequencies is intimately connected with the fact that subatomic particles have this wave-like property. And if there's a wave, then there could be a wave equation. And Schrodinger... determined a wave equation for for electrons or collections of electrons, which are what holds um, molecules together. There's this stable arrangements of positive and negative charges that we're all made up of. Um, we just take it, we to- so take it for granted that there's only about, um, there's only 118 elements known. Most of them were formed in distant stars that are long dead, particularly the very heavy ones. And and here we are talking about it over <laughs> electricity. Um, but there, there's an equation and, and there's an awful lot of computing resource ever since computers were first discovered has gone into solving those equations using all sorts of different approximations. I've, I've been privileged enough to be in, involved in that because I mean, part of the reason was I discovered that um, in, in terms of doing things in a laboratory, um, I had the opposite of a gift. <laughs> I don't know how you describe it. If if some if you needed a special skill to make things to work, I, I had the skill, the skill that um, stopped things working. But there are a number of theoreticians in the past who've also had that. Um, I think I think Wolfgang Pauli used to talk to people in a lab through a closed door. They wouldn't even let him in. Because because they thought if he came in the experiment would break, <laughs> um, and 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 of course in the in the nineteen eighties I messed about with early computers that became affordable, and uh, there was this brief flourishing in uh, there you know even a number of computers that were built in the UK um, that you could that you could a- actually have a go at programming, and and I I explored this a little bit um, became fascinated by it for a bit, didn't take it much more seriously. And then later on, when I discovered I wasn't very good at the experimental side, um, discovered that there were people who were using computer modeling to understand stuff and to get inside it. And that, that fascinated me. Um, and I, I was a, I was fortunate enough to meet a couple of people on the way who gave me some insight into what, what was evolved in in doing that so it's it's a different kind of creative field and it it seemed like one that I I kind of knew enough about what to do and I could bring some kind of intuitive perspective to that which is which is essentially the same perspective I bring I bring to to music I mean I can hear um, I can hear much more than I can explain if that makes sense um, I can hear when something's right. I can hear all sorts of harmony. I can even sometimes create it. But if you ask mm-hmm. me to explain what principles are being used, I might struggle. And honestly, that's the same in science as well. I think the thing I've trusted is a kind of intuition that says, well, maybe this is interesting or "Or, or we should do that. And that, that was how I stumbled across people working on molecules in the interstellar medium and calculating their properties and trying to trying to explain why they're even there. Uh, and because we can't go there, uh, we can only see indirectly. there's a there's a enthusiasm for modeling for trying to calculate and simulate.
0: So just, so that means like that um, almost from the get-go you were like in, an interdisciplinary guy like because like what you just explained, it's informatics, uh, mathematics, physics, chemistry right like it's a combination of these fields that you're uh,
1: i I discovered it existed at the right time um now now in some ways it's it's with much greatly increased computer power um some of these tools have become accessible and that and that's that's fantastic because it allows people who aren't specialists to to do something in that field um and i got involved in collaborating with some of the people who develop those computational tools but also um in traveling worldwide and and showing people how to use them and i think that's also been a very valuable perspective because it um it, it prompts me about why i do things a certain way um and also trying to organize my thoughts into some kind of framework that can be shared um or 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 explained so What's what's the difference in the way that different people approach a certain problem, um, and, and how does someone understand doing a doing a scientific investigation? Um, that it it's not it's it's far from obvious, and and you know when you want you're conscious that the there's a lot of value in that perspective, um, and you discover chemistry has this kind of craft tradition, you know. Ultimately, it goes back to alchemy um, and people trying stuff out and and then building on top of that and having a more systematic theoretical framework. But there is very much this craft part of it. And so even though I'm not mixing chemicals or or doing experiments that probe things, um, on the computational, on the electronic side, I think there's still a craft tradition. There's there's an understanding of how to get things to work. and that, that's surely true in music as well. What whatever field it is, whether you're e- exploring the kind of outer reaches of Ableton Live or or playing the Dulcimer, there, there's something, there's a craft tradition you can pick stuff up from.
0: Oh yeah, it's the cons- cons- I don't know, I'd say like the constructional principles of chemistry that you need to know in order to sort of <laughs> translate it into programming language and also to then apply those equations you know and, to and do, like
1: to do something
0: with them yeah to do something so. with them you know like what i'm interested in just just I, I mean obviously i don't understand um much of what you're saying but um so are you basically just like working with uh real let's just say real data like are you investigating the real world, let's say, even if it's out there in space, or or maybe, and are you also like running, let's just say, simulations to sort of like find new, I don't know, like new combinations, like new molecules that, like, you know what I was trying to say? Because Mar-
1: there's this. Yeah, yeah. Mar- Marcus, you've got it. You understand that it's both, it's exactly those things. Um, yeah, okay. There is the trying to rationalize what's seen. Mm-hmm. Um, someone who, I mean James Webb produces beautiful pictures but at a certain level of detail what it's going to produce is is a bunch of lines or, or patterns um distributed across frequencies and and people have worked out how to decode those and tr- understand what it is that's generating them um, so one thing you want to be able to do is understand an existing experiment but then the next bit is can I use those tools to, to make a prediction about something. And so for several years, there was a debate. Um, there's been a thing called the PAH hypothesis. The PAH is polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbon, which is a a, a type of molecule that's believed to exist in the interstellar medium. And it, it's, it's such a good idea, but, but it applied to a whole class of things. And no one had ever been confident that they'd seen a specific one until relatively recently. And that that was a combination of observational astronomy um, plus calculation. Um, And it turned out there's a particularly symmetric molecule that has a very distinctive way that it vibrates and you can match those signals onto some lines that are seen out from observing a particular dust cloud in space. And when the two coincide well enough, you think, well, okay, there's some chance it's not that, but it's looking pretty good because that model also explains some other stuff that, that that's seen um and you know when i i used to watch astronomy programs on tv um and the idea that 45 years later i'm doing calculations and helping people to do them that, that actually link up with this stuff it's like wow
0: <laughs> yeah that, that i have me. to say that is that is just amazing uh and and like and you say this i mean like what you say it's in fact it's just one side of what you do how do you how do you make how did you make this happen like what well, you know you know what i'm saying like like yep.
1: um that's a really good question <laughs> <laughs> um but- Hmm. I think I broke a few things on the way, and some of those things I'm really sad about. But it's it's through lack of understanding. I mean, you can be interested in these things and then other things that are important in life. They don't get the attention they need and and it it, it doesn't work out. I I mean the simple answer is keeping going um and being open to opportunities when when they come up and and also at a certain point deciding or realising that that's who you are and you have a d- distinctive perspective on things and, and that that has value in its own right. And perhaps it's the point where you stop trying to be other people or other people's expectations of you. Um, and, and I would say that ha- that happened relatively recently. You know, that, that's, an, that's an ongoing process. It's not like I woke up age 21 and thought, I know what I'm doing now um, and I'll just keep on doing this. Uh, it, it it very definitely wasn't that um how to balance the two um that that's partly a diary problem um you you talk about sort of doing things at the last minute because they have to be done and and, and i recognize that yeah <laughs> Some, sometimes i take a long time over getting something written or prepared but i will have created the need to do it it's not like i'm constantly inspired by stuff sometimes what i constantly want to do is sleep because that's also very important and um if i need to uh prepare for a concert it really i don't prepare for concerts in the abstract you know that that i prepare because it's there and, and there's an opportunity there and and um that that's how i kind of stage myself into into doing stuff but i i didn't know that i'd be here honestly there there was no big plan it was keeping going but also recognizing that both were important because suppose the question is slightly different you say well why didn't you focus on one or the other and it's like but i really want to keep doing both I, i i want to do both and maybe one um offered uh one set of possibilities but the other was just too too exciting and interesting and you know if i'd my, i remember when my brother sold his drums you know mm-hmm. i don't think he knows just how much of an impact that had on me because he clearly he clearly decided that he was going to move into a different phase of his life and and drums were no longer part of it and music was something he put away um, and but he i knew enough to know that he didn't look happy there was something about that moment. You know, whatever else he's achieved, he's 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 now a um, brewing consultant and travels Europe, you know, helping people set up microbreweries and and, and <laughs> he's, he's enjoying a very very active retirement. He's,
0: he's still working with drums with <laughs> beer beer in them.
1: Yeah, he he ended up getting very involved in in, in sort of <laughs> liquid and, and living processes, but you know. yeah, no, he he was a. To me, he was able to make a choice. And and I've come to realize that um, I'm like a quantum superposition. You know, those different things are all in there. Um, And I never wanted to stop one of them. And while occasionally uh, music might be infuriating and things happen, you think, oh, why am I doing this? Um, So would
0: you say that you're as passionate about um, computational chemistry as you are? about music
1: uh it's different um i think in some in some ways for computational chemistry i was very very driven at a number of points in my life um and now i think um i get the feeling that i've made i've made some contribution there and and it's changing i'm actually becoming slightly more interested in in other things that i'll leave behind that aren't just for me um so one of the things you get to do as a senior scientist is you review other people's proposals for work. Um, and I, I found that people who are my contemporaries, if it's still all about them, that's really arrogant and really frustrating. <laughs> but there has to be some plan for what comes afterwards, I think. Um, because ultimately, um, if... If there's a healthy environment and a healthy discipline, then I can function and I can do stuff. And it's interesting for me. Um, and I can learn from new ideas that other people have got. Um, how, how, how can you tell that something is all about them? Well, they don't, there's no kind of education component or any thought given to seriously sharing what's been discovered or creating opportunities for junior colleagues or... Um, I see. And and I'm conscious that that's a particular perspective, and there are some other people who are much more hardcore about their career, and they would think that's all kind of like second rate stuff. You know, if you if you drilled them about it honestly, they'd say, "Oh, yeah, we should be doing that," but actually, what's really important is just driving ahead and progress and covering as much ground as possible. Um, And
0: so it's probably a good good thing that you have this like wide range of different approaches to.
1: Yeah, well, it means that if one field goes badly wrong, the other one is probably I can get I can turn my attention to that and get something out of it, (laughs)
0: Mm.
1: and and have enough perspective to think, okay, I'll 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 come back to it later, Um, and ah, this is fun. Do you know what? I've never honestly thought about it this much. We our our talking now is probably the most I've seriously thought about it beyond thinking that they're basically the same and I'm just doing the same thing in different contexts.
0: I I hope it's okay to talk.
1: No of course it it, it absolutely is Um, but in both cases it's connecting with something a fascination with things that goes back a long way and wanting to keep doing something about it Um, and I guess I got that fascination from things that other people took the trouble to share and now I kind of feel that well maybe I should be doing a little bit of that, um, to document the, the the process or or helping others. Uh, so in fact, the thing in in terms of music, the thing I've done most over this year is help other people find some kind of story that helps them put other things together. Um, so yeah. early this year, I was involved in a project um, or helped shape a project that went by the name of Diaries of Destruction, um, and. I, I, we 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 created a shared document to to put ideas together for this thing, and at one point I discovered that I'd be I'd been assigned an instrument that was called the Morley Tron. Um, <laughs> and and this, this clearly come uh, Jason Arbour, who I've known for a, a very very long time. Um, this was my opportunity to one of my opportunities to to work with him, um, and and uh, he was making some jokey reference to Paul Morley in his role in the. Label ZTT in the eighties and collaborations with Propaganda and Frankie Goes to Hollywood, and and Paul was self-consciously a theorist, <laughs> and there aren't too many conceptual theorists in music. <laughs> he massively in, inspired by by futurism and and you know the, the look of, look at the future, and so um, you know he was obviously being ironic, thinking that I was being inspired by Paul Morley when. The, uh, but but it's you know one of the things he created one of the things I think they were very good at was creating a context for musicians that made it more interesting that the recordings then kind of lived up to so there there was a framework and and, and something and and I, I still like to hear albums that join up um, where there's a sense of development and some kind of story that goes across track order pictures and and where the exposition, whatever that means, is clear, um, and some something something resonates. And I think find it, it's finding the why for a project. Why should it be this way? Why have you chosen this? Um, not not that you have to create a kind of text that explains it or a, or, a, or a manifesto. Although we did joke about doing that, um, but there there has to be a why, and, and I think diaries of destruction came out of the pandemic and 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 the name was ironic because it was all about creating stuff we just wanted a new vehicle for creating stuff um and perhaps i was conscious that the times we were going through lots of things that were precious were being questioned and in some ways destroyed and this was trying to find a way to be okay with that um and just just make some noise in a different way um and playing um Actually, one of the things we played with was uh, there was one piece where I, I felt what what was needed was a John Entwistle bass solo. It really needed some kind of something really noisy and and really kind of um, in contrast to the music. Um, and and uh, Elif, who was my collaborator in that in that in that in that project and and very dear to me, said. We, I, I joke because she um she knew members of the band the aristocrats and said well you know why don't we ask brian bella <laughs> and i said no no let's do that let let's ask him ask him do it now And she oh no no i didn't mean it <laughs> i said no 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 you, you, you really must because what what's the worst that can happen you know all, all that can happen is he says i'm too busy or no or you just don't even get an answer at all but actually brian did did reply and he agreed to be on it and then uh i think w- we sent him this kind of rather haphazard brief um and then he like like a consummate professional several days later he sent back what we needed it wasn't what i said he'd done something else and the, the first listen through i thought oh i don't know then the second listen through i thought wow he's he's just Worked it out. He he solved the problem. He's like the scientific genius. He's he's taken all the bits of the puzzle and he's figured out what I really needed, and it sounded way better than what I what I imagined. And that 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 was kind of playing again. But but you know, in, that that perhaps provides that definition of truth. You know, initially I wasn't sure, and then I realized no, that that really was very very special, um, and I think it was very special for a leaf. That he answered, and 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 took it even half seriously.
0: You, you know what you just said really shows that uh, in in music it's not one person's truth; it's it's a collective truth. It's
1: uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, Brian. And I, I, I he educated me.
0: <laughs> yeah, he educated you. You know, like you have you have um, already. Um, given me a really profound insight uh i don't even know if i want to go into detail what that is but
1: uh Some, you, you said you don't have to yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> no it's just it's just fascinating um because like i because i am mostly working in it's not 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 true but i'm saying like i'm mostly working in the field of music so even like my educational work is like strongly connected with music in some way or another um but you sort of like having expertise in different fields in quite quite different fields I'd say like the arts and science um and 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 you being a i I don't know like what what word would be appropriate but being like a an expert or specialist or whatever or Mm. something more than that even um in at least one of those fields let's say right because i don't know which field you (laughs) you yourself could consider to be that specialist in but like what i what i mean is there's there's this um this there's a point at which other people won't be able to follow what you do mm-hmm. and and i mean that i mean that, that that's a good it's a good thing like i i know that like maybe in our culture it's always being kind of presented as something that's not good like if you can't explain something like then you don't know it well enough right Legit, I, there's there's like the saying at least in german we have that and mm-hmm. and uh and i i sort of like realize now that i was talking to you that there is like i mean how how could you possibly explain to me something in even like one or two hours that took you most of your life to learn and understand and develop and develop because you live it you know you are living it and and now like because that i I clearly see that and hear that from what you're saying and then I was thinking about myself Marcus you know like talking to myself Marcus that's what you do with music Mm. and and it explains quite a few misunderstandings if I if I approach it or if I see it from this perspective okay there's somebody who's like almost like like really like the, the the definition of nerd, you know, like somebody just like only kind of, like working in this one field and not having any idea about what's going on around him. Like that's that's me, you know. I'm that guy. And... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: but that's you know, it's a it's a different perspective. But it's at a, at a certain point, anyone who's going to make any impact in a creative field goes through these intense phases, and they're just absorbed in doing something, and and sometimes. You know, maybe, maybe they never come out they get lost lost on that journey um but it can't happen all the time and and there's a people who've thought about the process of doing science recognize that it's very non-linear and things will build up for quite a long time and then then the evidence or the pressure for change becomes overwhelming and then there's a discontinuity or a disconnect for whatever reason um and sometimes it's appreciated at the time and other times it 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 takes a long while um quantum mechanics which is the what the research i do is is ultimately based on um had a very slow start um and it uh, because i think there were other exciting things happening at the time and and it took fully at least 25 years before before the importance was 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 truly appreciated, I think which is an awful long time I mean that that that's that's a, a career potentially um yes um so it I think if I had to summarize something about the the science part it's I'm dealing with testable mystery because at, at some point there are things that you you have you kind of accept as guesses to work with um and you you could kind of keep on recursing backwards and forwards and saying well where does that come from and well, where does that come from but but in some ways the advantage of an in- doing something that's ultimately connected with experiment is you can just say um i tried it and i tested things and i can make predictions with it and that's useful for going for for going on with i mean mathematicians wouldn't generally be happy with that but but in physical science, it kind of it kind of works. I think I think music is a kind of testable mystery as well. Um, there, there's something about the process, but also, um, you know, if you hear it and you like it and enjoy it, then that's your perspective, and and it means something to you, and it it connects at a certain time, um, or whatever. Then it then it then it has value, and if it doesn't, that's okay. Um, my my musical research is is so patchy. And, there are all sorts of classic albums I know I've never heard. and i occasionally I'll lie and say it's because I'm saving them. <laughs> but, <laughs> but the truth is that I pick up something else and want to hear it, or I want to dig in deeper to some some other thing. Um, yeah. or i'm 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 waiting for a prompt to to listen to something or and also, I suspect it's because I don't part of me is a bit contrary and doesn't like to be told to listen to something. So if everybody's ex. If my whole social media feeds have got frothy and excited about something, I'll give it a couple of months before I, before I play it, and then I'll make up my own mind. Um, <laughs> no,
0: you see, like um, as you know, I, I'm playing the touch guitar or like the, the Chapman stick back in the 90s, and, and I started to uh, research into my research into the technique uh, and that is really like my field of research, and that's mm-hmm. also the field of research that I do with other people, and where I'm passing on my my knowledge. Um, and believe it or not, like because you just said, like it's not it's not a linear process, research or science ever is a is a linear process. Like there are so like it's amazing discoveries, like you would won't believe it. Like I've been playing, like in December this year, I will have played for 30 years Mm -hmm. and just three days ago i made a discovery that is mind-boggling something that was right in front of me like for 30 years and i just didn't get it Mm -hmm. like because there was so much else so much else to to work through in order to to reach this point of clarity where suddenly The whole thing opens up, and there's like a whole new—you could say—playing field, or whatever you want to call it, or and and but a logical playing field, not something that's arbitrary, something that makes sense in the context of everything else. And the funny thing is that in the moment where I'm having this realization, I know, but there's going to be a next step, a next level of enlightenment, which will feel as exciting you know what i mean so like that we we we, i mean i know as a researcher here that i have a breakthrough and i'm excited about it but it's not it's there's never an end there's no end in sight really
1: no no that's um that's the reward for keeping going through perhaps a plateau when you're not sure what you're doing or you have concerns that other people are you know, if 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 you make the mistake of comparing yourself to other people too much, and you know, you think they're they're making breakthroughs or they're doing this, and and why is it not happening for me? But trusting your own process to to deliver uh, at a time you can do something with it. Um, fascinating.
0: So, so there must be quite a few of these uh, breakthroughs in in computational chemistry, right? Like just because of, first of all, you have uh, new applications like coming along right but you mm-hmm. also have new tools more processing power um new uh, approaches like I don't know how how important like machine learning is for what you do for example like all these things that that we could always cons- we could already conceive of them like 40 years ago or even 50 years ago but now they are actually doable and and yeah. and so like for you there's 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 you know like i'm studying this this one instrument which for 30 years is unchanged almost unchanged Mm -hmm. but you're actually dealing with changing like your instruments are changing as well
1: changing technology although um uh the the scale of computer power that's available now is is unimaginable compared to what it was 30 years ago um but the operating system that those research computers are running is essentially, you can look at it and see lots that's the same. So if you've ever typed Linux command line, you you could probably talk to a 1970s space probe with something that looks like that. (laughs) It's it's still, even though... The version that most of us use is is re-implemented from from the original systems that that were created it, it it's it's recognizable um and it's become this kind of universal language and it's only relatively recently that people have explored other ways of interacting with those resources um and that that's a change that's probably happened um maybe over the last five years serious i mean it's it's been going going on longer but um as someone who's a you know one of the other things i do is i'm academic director of a computer center so which has like five thousand users and you know if you thought i knew what i was doing there and it's it's bringing a perspective i i think the perspective i'm bringing is of is of someone who's perhaps a non-specialist in computer science, but who uses computers, whether it's heavily or occasionally, and they want access to something. Um, and it's it's turning a thing a, a slightly different way around and focusing on what someone wants to do with it rather than necessarily the science of the of the computers themselves. Um, but it it's that's a fascinating area to be involved in because um because of what else it supports. I guess that that's become more interesting to me because it, it potentially means there's a different kind of legacy in in terms of a functioning system with some principles that will, will be superseded ultimately and replaced, just like our own bodies are, but will carry on functioning probably beyond where I'm interested in, in or able to do that stuff anymore. Um, and, and it's lovely that people still listen to me when I say things like, oh, why don't we try? Why don't we do this? Or why are we doing that? Or... You know, to ha- To have a perspective and 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 to do it at that level as well um mind you having said that i um so- sometimes the disagreements people have at that level um mm-hmm. how can i <laughs> how can i put this um you perhaps imagine that when you get to a certain level um people will have developed the skills to kind of sort things out in a reasonable way but i think sometimes you discover that people got to that level because they're unreasonable (laughs) and and the the way you sort things out um change changes to reflect that i mean i like to think i can um i can acknowledge when someone is passionate and disagrees with me and you know maybe they're right or maybe we should find the compromise i think um Sometimes I feel given some of the experiences I've had that I should go off and look at mediation or kind of um, peace settlements because there occasionally there are musical situations where that would be useful as well.
0: Yeah, you know, I think that this, uh, this magical thinking that we have as human beings, which is really not scientific at all, mm-hmm. um, but I think it's an important ingredient it, as far as I'm concerned, in research, because because it is where it's where new ideas lie. It's where new where the ideas lie that you then contest scientifically. Yeah, and there you may discover something that you wouldn't have thought of if you were, you know, purely in the scientific uh, mindset. Let's say, and uh, and that that very much applies to bands and to music. To music, musical situations as well.
1: I, yeah, so, scientific research is not scientific.
0: Yes, <laughs> 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 humans are humans are involved.
1: Yes, that that that, that, that I think there's um, something like that. And while while there is, you know, there's theory of music, there are also very very different traditions, um, and I, I think it's in you know, some of the most interesting musicians i've ever seen or come across they're clearly whether consciously or not they've absorbed something from another tradition as well Uh, and they they bring that in or they just shock you i mean i remember the the first time i played um david bowie album scary monsters and and that 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 was where i discovered robert fripp and and heard that guitar and i remember listening to it with my jaw on the floor thinking what what process is going on there (laughs) that that someone could could do that, how, how, and, and, and change between the, those kind of you know, really intense out there energies, and then something that beautifully sits with a piece and and a- absolutely makes it. Um, and my my experience of listening to music around that time was of hearing things that are kind of so far beyond what I can imagine ever doing. But not giving up and being depressed by that, but but actually thinking, well, let's let's just try some stuff and see see what happens. And 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 that that's been that's been the process. It's been very DIY for me, e- even though I you know I, I recognize that some of what I do in, in a couple of fields has reached a level that's quite sophisticated. But yet it's the DIY that's got me there. The kind of trying stuff out and figuring things okay. out. And, um, and I, I still look at people who have, you know, great theoretical ability or, or ability to do other stuff like boss people around. And, and, and you know, well, it, I want to absorb some of that sometimes or, or, or have access to that. And one, I suppose one of the discoveries there is that you can consciously, to some extent, shape your thinking process. You know, you're not you're not constantly responding. The the analogy I use is is of someone who's got a boat with a sail, and they're trying to make it go in a different direction. You know, sometimes you can just be blown around, and that that's fun. And other times, you, you it's a lot of effort, but you can consciously drive yourself in a particular direction to have a new to have a new starting point. And that, at that point, when we even get a handle, that we can shape our thinking a little bit and push it. Um, it's exhausting but but it's also a very valuable skill because it's the sort of thing that can stop you instantly reacting to something in in what's potentially a very harmful and destructive way Um <laughs> not all the time but but it, it it at least shows you know having seen that it can be done once you kind of get the sense that that, that maybe it could be done in done in other times um and that, that's why bands are so fascinating to watch the way different people respond to situations sometimes unconsciously um in, in a positive way um but then of course that's why people can't you know i, I value the ability to collaborate with people over long long periods of time and, and that, that's that's been an enormous enormous privilege for me but occasionally you see why it couldn't continue working for someone. They just they just reached a point where there was no no way back from from a, a misunderstanding or, or or something that that, that happened. And yeah. yeah,
0: you know, you, you said something uh, really profound like a long time ago, like an hour or more ago, about um, when you were talking about mastering an album or uh, dynamics, mm-hmm. and that the restriction on dynamics is actually what makes things work but like in the in the recorded for recorded music and somehow you know i'm an advocate for that principle like in a in a on a large on a grander scale even like even with if we're talking about musical skill like yes you could have robert Fripp play guitar but you could have mike bear play guitar in the end it doesn't like it's it, there's it doesn't make a difference because the there's only so much space that you can fill and so that that let's say you ch- you you choose to play one note where somebody else chooses to play ten ten 10 notes but those notes they still fill the same space and so so there is and and so it's like this this process of compression or you could say expansion that happens with music or with any sort of art where where and i think it's it's like a function of of attention or focus or of of uh, of awareness and and so everything things that you focus on they expand and they take they take up that that space that you're making available and and that's why i've completely given up like not given up because i never wanted to but like i'm not judgmental at mm. all about the form or the the you know it i don't i don't care if you if you're a good player or not it doesn't matter like what Mm -hmm. what what happens to me or what matters to me is is what i experience
1: what i make of it Mm -hmm. and the, the connection and doing doing the right thing um with 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 the abilities you 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 have um and and perhaps recognizing that Working within those and finding the right thing means you you might have, you you'll have this different perspective, um, di- different perspective to others. Um, a, a very old friend of mine messaged me one day not so long ago and said, oh, "I have a ticket to go and see The Damned tonight. Are you in?" Mm. I thought, well, yeah, why not? Let's, let's go. Let's and <laughs> see this. <laughs> um, and and it, I kind of knew it was. Again, you know, having not done any research, I, I knew it was kind of vaguely significant. The old lineup was back together again, um, but uh, it re- really was an eye-opening actually to hear to hear some of what they did, um, because mm-hmm. there are particular particular pieces that I thought I could listen to that a hundred times and it'd still be good. <laughs> uh, it's just brill- brilliantly put together, and the the whole energy of it, and it reminded me that I. would that I that I loved that music at the time up until a certain point. And sometimes it would be only the first five seconds of a song that I enjoyed. And occasionally it, you know when the voice comes in, I would think, oh, it's it's gone off for me now. But the energy when it came in, that's just that was just fascinating. And and there are a couple of pieces they they played where that reconnected and that that whole spirit um was was there. And I thought, you know, I really used to. It's it, somewhere in what I do that that kind of just excitement of the noise of the guitar. However much I valued um, learning about modes and and other stuff, um, ultimately what excited me was that that sound of the instrument, whoever it was from, whether it was the old field distorted lead tone um, or that kind of the karang of guitar, or sometimes a guitar and it sounds really cheap. <laughs> um it has its it has its space and it's and it, it and its perspective and I realized actually that I possibly lost a bit of that that noise in some of what I do so may, maybe it's maybe it's meant to come back who knows <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I <laughs> who also knows?
1: realized the the other advantage and that this this really is a tangent but indulge me if you will um back in the back at the time there was this narrative that that music and some of the Uh, rock music that had gone before it they were utterly different you know this was a kind of year zero a break and and what i realized particularly at that concert and also something else i'd seen not so long before is that the difference between the damned playing eloise uh, and status quo on pile driver is a it's about the width of a cigarette paper um it's it's mainly the voice and the presentation um and it sped up a little bit (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm.
1: but you know if you told me that at the time i i would i would have said no no no, that's just that's just completely wrong if you told me that when i was 25 i would have said you're completely wrong and now i hear it objectively um and 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 that that's a different that's a very different um perspective on things um that was probably far more true at the time than anyone wanted to acknowledge um
0: you know that the the media always had this or still has this naive uh stance towards the arts uh in general like you know an example that I would like I'm I I really love new model army Mm -hmm. British band and like in the 80s they were were very uh, aggressive punk you know uh and and the, the main guy he loves Motown music like you would have no no idea that, that 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 connection would exist you know but and and it would never really play a role in the media because the media would focus on 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 the on the on the surface on the expression on the surface and wouldn't be interested in the his history of why somebody loves music which is really why we, even you and I, are here. You know, and that's that's really what it's about. And it's not it's not about which shape it takes. It, and as I said, it's not about like, you know, Mike playing one note versus the other Mike playing twelve notes. It's not it's not it's not about that at all. It's not about genre. It's not about it's not even about texture. It's not it's not even about the noise. It's about the love for music, mm-hmm. or the love for creation. It could be even like a wider definition. Uh, that's that, at least that's that's sort of like my, uh, yeah, my current position
1: on that. Sure. I think sometimes doing things, something that's really simple though can be, um, while it you can strongly believe it's the right thing to do, but it it it's not always well well received. I, I remember one of the concerts I did with uh, Tim, I think. Um, mm-hmm tim and steven is no man um I, I i picked up some sense that that at least one or two people in the audience were surprised that i was there playing guitar um because of what i was doing because it was uh, there's one particular arrangement of a piece that um that builds up as a very kind of very linear post-rock it's in, an incredibly simple guitar part that's established where i'm essentially playing the same note alternating mm-hmm. dynamics for at least at at least two minutes before any variation happens at all. Um, And that establishes that when the variation comes in, it's important. Um, And I know that at a certain point we're gonna climb to a particular place. And then it really is useful to have all this extra volume that you can kick in. Um, But it looks simple. I'm not sure it's simple to keep that level of control. Um, but I, I suspect there are people who think, well, you know, I've practiced an awful lot and I can do this. Um, why am I not in that position? And and occasionally I'm a little bit uncomfortable with that because they probably are on some level a, a much better player. And I was just lucky to be in that, that, that situation. But I, but I also come to appreciate that, that I'm prepared to do something simple Um is sometimes unusual, and is actually appreciated by the people I was playing because they could get anybody, you know, to stand in and do that yes. thing, yes. and they they chose me because I do something in a particular way um, for a time, and 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 it, it it was quite strange to become aware of that feeling. It is only once it happened, but um, actually another time I remember getting a getting a, a quite quite a strong heckle from the crowd uh at a, mm-hmm. an event in cambridge it was an am- ambient music event and i was using a um a gibson les paul jr that mm-hmm. i was that i got you know get guess why because mike used to use one. <laughs> <It's-> <laughs> fabulous fabulous <laughs> instrument once i'd fixed it up um it was a 90s one uh and 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 over the top of this i remember hearing someone say louder and louder that's such a waste of a Gibson, such a waste of a, what he's doing with it. So if I ever do a solo album, which is extremely unlikely, by the way, because I value creation so much, that's the title. <laughs> waste of a Gibson. Waste um, of a Gibson. And it did, I mean, it. It. it, it it's, no, Robert Fritt, occasionally talks about in interviews about the hazard of live music and and you know he's he's certainly put himself in situations that are quite quite strange or where there's even the potential for conflict um and i and i think it shows in how he's developed his approach to doing different things he's clearly been shaped by an awful lot in in music not all of which is sitting on a chair being serene and and you know, being playing playing guitar um there's there's much more than that and it it becomes obvious when you hear some of what he's written about the process so how do you respond in in that situation i think it it was becoming aware and trying to stay in control and and i think i threw in some extended chords to show that i could actually play it (laughs) and then i thought what are you doing you know don't don't feel the need to do that 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 you know Go back to what you were doing because that's you know it was simple. It's simple for a reason, and and the complexity. It's you know you shouldn't be pushed by things like that. But it's I mean, it, it it was quite uncomfortable to be in that situation, as I remember. Yeah,
0: you know, it's it's another field of study of the of the human condition to to look at the definition of success and failure, and uh also uh don't have the right English word here like something like 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 jealousy or like uh, like you being like somebody in the audience like being a better player and seeing and then and sort of like sort of like dreaming him or herself up on stage playing that part better than you do it's it's kind of it's it's such a it's such a uh warped but I think deeply human, a way of of dealing with one's emotions. Mm -hmm. You know, so this...
1: I think very few people are genuinely inspired by deficit. I know there are some people who make comparisons to others who can play better than them and go, right, I'm determined, I'm going to spend hours and hours practicing, I'm going to get all the help I can, and that will make me a better whatever it is. And they do it successfully. But I I have a feeling that's, even though that's a very common model, it's not a very common model for being successful at doing whatever it is. Uh, I think most people are much more successfully motivated by, I took a step, or I can do something now that I couldn't do before. And I think that, personally, I think that's so much more healthy. It certainly works better for me. I, I recognize that occasionally I look at things and think, "I wish I could just do that," or "I wish I could just have that." But it, it, it's it's not how it is. It, it I, I can be inspired by it from a distance and then do something else. Um, and should perhaps be looking for what I'm supposed to be doing rather than wondering what what it is that everybody else does, because then you get then you get lost if you are constantly chasing after other 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 stuff and then wonder where it, you know what what was the connection? What does it mean? Um, people I have a lot of respect for, tend to be those who found what they're meant to be doing, whatever it is.
0: Uh, are you also mentoring people?
1: Um, well, I guess this this Morleytron idea came about partly, the The other joke with this Diaries of Destruction project was that I wasn't going to play on it. Um, I was just going to be the concept synthesizer. We put together this idea and then I wouldn't play on it, but then I, I couldn't resist. <laughs> I did a bit and I I felt it was, it wasn't, I didn't really feel it as conscious mentoring, but it was certainly shaping something and saying that I, I value this in music. I think we should do it this way. Um, Why not give it a go and see if it works for you. And um, um, I guess in science, I do a lot of, a lot of mentoring. And certainly my approach to teaching has changed a lot over the last decade because I used to be a bit less, confident maybe and thought that my responsibility was to tell things and 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 now i'm 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 frustratingly the opposite i suspect i will tell people stuff (laughs) but i also (laughs) feel it's really important to prompt them to figure stuff out um because that that's the value of an inter uh, of a an individual interaction you know if you if you read a book people have taken a lot of care over creating it and they're telling you stuff at a certain point. Um, Maybe in the background, they're prompting you or slightly provoking you. Um, uh, This came to mind because two weeks ago, we got the sad news that, that, that Mick Goodrick, who was guitarist, but also instructor um, Mm. passed away after a very, very sudden final illness. And I, I had access to his book as well called The Advancing Guitarist and the bits in there. Me too. I, it's, it, he just came up with an amazing framework for stuff, you know, as, as an instructional tool. Um, it It's eccentric, but brilliant, because he organised things in such a way that he he saw clearly stages of development that were going to cause people problems. So he was kind of setting them up from the beginning to bypass that problem, you know, you learn chords and then you learn scales and then no one ever necessarily gets around to telling you how they fit together in you're playing <laughs> and and he developed a whole system which in principle bypasses that um, mm-hmm. but I think as an instructor in person sometimes he he would be quite he wouldn't give a lot it's like he wouldn't seem to give a lot away and then the person he was helping who who turns out now to be some giant of a player <laughs> he said it's almost like he said well they didn't really need my help anyway or or they just wanted me to say it was okay to do something they were going to do um or or maybe he provoked someone and said you know why are you doing that and I remember this guitar player column that he wrote um, years and years ago when he said he was working with a student and they were working their way through altered dominant core changes and the student was soloing over this and it was going brilliantly and then he did sort of cg and the student went what the hell was that what did you play (laughs) i have no idea what to do on this (laughs) he just fell apart laughing (laughs) um it's that sense of provocation and helping someone to to discover and and you might think it's really inefficient but actually it's it's what creates lasting value so i think that's what i mean when i talk about talk about instruction and at a certain level it's recognizing that someone must find their individual voice um and um there are i guess some connections to to being a parent in a way you know if you tell your child what they're supposed to be at a certain point you're likely to discover that they're meant to be something else and that that's going to be a painful experience and there's enough evidence of people from the other side who you know perhaps had to rebel or move away to find what it was they were supposed to be because they were supposed to be something else from a certain point of view and I've I've tried to that's probably another reason why I'm wary of that um, I, I appreciated that I, I, I was probably expected to do some things but I did also have some freedom to mess up and try other stuff and that that was very valuable um, and It meant I wasn't pushed in some direction, um, meant in some ways I wasn't pushed, but had the space to find things out. And I had the space to play guitar a lot when I was 16 and 17, as opposed to doing academic study, but did just enough to scrape onto the next level and then then got obsessed with that. And then here I am, professor at Imperial and director of a computer centre who also plays guitar. (laughs) <laughs> who knows what it had been like you know if, if the mirror image had happened and I, that's you've you got me thinking there but there's no control experiment we're not going to do the rerun and see what happens the other way um but it might be fun to think about
0: so it would be fun to think about like the chemistry book that would turn you on to music
1: right yep <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, um but it, <laughs> It's got to be accessible, I mean, at a certain level. So um, uh, I think I'm becoming, because I've done workshops worldwide, um, um, it it fascinates me how people approach doing things and sometimes conscious that they've not just not had the same opportunity to think because they've been told to do a project in a certain way and even in some cases they're sent off to this workshop to figure out how to do a particular thing and then they encounter someone like me and i'm saying well you know i could show you how to do that but if you explore these tools then not only will you learn how to do that but you'll learn how to do a whole other load of other stuff and, and that that's not it turns out that's clearly not right for some people because they only have a limited amount of time and they want something a bit more compact or compressed or they do just want to know what the recipe is um yeah. I've always been keen to know what's under the recipe, and and for those people that also want to know that, I'm probably someone good to work with. For someone who just wants the recipe, or they want to get it done tomorrow, I'm <laughs> I'm not the person yeah. to work. with.
0: Uh, and you know, like for me, the challenging aspect of being a teacher or mentor is that whenever I really allow the the person working with me. To learn something, I also need to be in that learning state. You know, yeah. like if I, if I, if I'm, or you could put it otherwise, it's like I feel the pain. You know, like it's I'm I'm totally uh, mm-hmm. connected with that person. Like right now, I have a I have a student, and I'm I have sort of like put him into a position. Where he's forced to learn a lot. By letting him into that position, let's say, he also skipped a few steps. And now like he has to kind of like learn things the hard way. And it hurts me. It actually hurts me. It's uh and I'm 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 fine with that. I'm just saying, like I'm I'm ex- I'm observing that more and more now that like the older I get, let's say, and the more uh knowledge there is, like it's all and I've I've always given away my always has but but it's it's this uh accumulation that's somehow it's always like it's always it always seems like the chunk that's taken out is bigger is a little bit bigger than you thought it would be and Mm -hmm. and i i and i find that i find that i find that to be a good thing because like it it makes me it somehow makes me feel alive somehow like to uh to to experience the energy exchange, let's say, rather than yeah, than exactly. just the balance, uh, balance process, let's say.
1: Yeah, it's, it's not a um it's not a transaction or if it is one, it's not a simple one. Um so, yeah. some some something else come comes back. And I think actually um that's something that Mick Goodrig was very aware of. He said, you know, you're you're working with people, but I, I'm getting more from 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 doing this, for giving all this away. Um, I, so you've something. worked with him in person? No, no, no. I, no, I, uh, John John Durant did. I think I I never mm-hmm. interacted with him. It was just just through the book and through columns. Um, yeah. But it but it was enough. Um, particularly going back to some of what he wrote um, at the end of the book, which is a kind of his thinking on making the process of making music and and then the kind of the fact that sometimes it's great and other times it's not. And and the perspective that, at some point in the future, even some experiences that were quite or seem quite negative, you'll you'll find something in there that could only have happened at that time, and and you'll you'll appreciate it. Um,
0: you know the the most fascinating aspect about the advancing guitarist that book is its brevity. You know, like it's 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 unbelievable. Like you, it's I don't know, I don't know, seventy pages, something like that uh and and it it includes it it's like the history of it's like a theory of everything somehow if you know what i mean right yeah it, it really is and it's just it's just such a such a short manageable thing that you can read in 3 hours if you want to like to work through it it's going to take decades but yeah, 30 you years know, at least yes
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, no it's
1: yeah. But no that thats that's a lovely way of putting it. it's it, It's a sketch. It's a framework. and ultimately, um there are there are pointers to other things that you can explore as well. And I think he's quite honest that, you know you you it's it's more than a lifetime's material. Um we don't even know for sure that he worked through all of it, although I suspect that that he did. But
0: mm-hmm. most
1: people will will never be able to do that. and they don't they don't need to. And you could take. Yeah. The page on playing on one string and develop that that for years and and then later you appreciate that that's the thing that breaks you past position playing um and and the limitations of that and you pursue it up until it becomes a limitation and then you realize you've got to do the next thing and 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 move on but he's given you a way of developing your coordination and your ear at the same time um yeah. And, and of course, as he puts it, there are plenty of traditions where people largely do play on one string with a, yeah. a company of drones and, and yes. people have been improvising that way for thousands of years and create astonishing music. Mm-hmm. Perspective reset. So that's the you know, <laughs> it, it's a it's a theoretical work, but it's it's the organization that he did that that really deeply impresses me every time I go back to it. it's it's not it's not just here are some chords here are a few songs although that that's not such a bad place to start um and and to build on um I saw Guthrie Govan give a clinic once and and he was very open about that's the fact that you know he he started learning learning songs and learning song structures and then and then building it outside there and uh, t- turns out we were both born in the same town in Essex in the United Kingdom so I'm absolutely safe in knowing that there is a better guitarist <laughs> who came from Chelmsford in the UK. <laughs> so I, I'm relieved of that pressure he can have that <laughs> he seems pretty good at handling it
0: <laughs> wonderful um, that's 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 very good to know Mike <laughs>
1: you know we undoubtedly have in some ways we have very very different perspectives but we you know we we have a we have a couple of connections but that that's uh, that was his his perspective and he he um he he's become a very thoughtful practitioner in a, in a in a di- different way and also prompting people about you know the the journey that he went on to acquire such an ability but also what you do with it and how you, how you think about using it and and getting started it, it was really inspiring and he clearly started just with a guitar um a modelling device to plug into the PA, um, his iPhone to play a couple of backing tracks. And I sensed that he walked into that event just waiting to get some good questions.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and and it came alive. It really, it really did. Um, yeah, it was a, you know, a, astonishing to watch someone deliver that. I'm not sure I'd have the confidence to do that with a guitar, but I've certainly done that. In a scientific context, and just walked in and thought, "I don't know what I'm going to say here. Let's hope there's some good questions." Yes,
0: Mike, thank you so much. I think this oh, is this is a big, big chunk of uh, of love and information.
1: <laughs> no, I, I've really, really enjoyed it. I think I've learned. I, I've learned some things about myself. <laughs> it feels it's like. So fun. Maybe, in the psychiatrist's chair, you know, you've kind of gone gone into places I never, um, I never expected to. But that, but that, that's great. And I mean, really, thank you for giving the the, the time to explore like this, because I think um, it, it it's so precious um, to have this chance to to share. And even if nobody watches it, you know, I'll I'll have learned something. Um, yeah. <laughs> exactly uh, you know it's it's <laughs> it's the value of doing it doing it for itself and if anybody does get any kind of in, insights to whatever then then that that's that's lovely as well but it's it's the discovery journey and also it's knowing there are people out there somewhere particularly you know doing stuff on 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 zoom will always for me have this echo of being stuck in a place and this is the way you can interact um and i know that I, I sense particularly in the u k quite a quite a few people, if they could, would just forget that covid ever happened uh, and and there's no there's no learning. it's just okay on onto on to the next thing that that was a that was a something that happened. but let's pretend it didn't um, and I'm much more about no, I, in some ways, it was a it was an incredibly difficult time um even if you're physically safe and financially okay it, it's still you're processing something that you never expected to have to have to deal with and also trying to support other people to do to do that as well even if you don't know what's happening you want want to be want to be there for them this has echoes of that but yes this was also the discovery of that time that we can do stuff this way and and yeah. share and connect and and that that's one of the things it, I take that has value. It it doesn't give me this kind of flashbacks and kind of a bad feeling. I actually, that, that was the no, 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 no.
0: And that, you know forever. that's 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 what what musicians have always been uh, good about this this community, uh, the sense of community, even if you don't have a chance to see each other. Like mm-hmm. if there's like just uh, uh, like chain tape idea, for example, mm-hmm. or. Um, Like early internet mailing lists uh, stuff like that but even before that like uh, I remember a friend of mine like sending me letters every three weeks and sending me uh, musical ideas Uh, and you know like it's I think we've always been good about about this Mm -hmm. and when once I realized at the beginning of COVID that the that I'm not going to meet my colleagues that I'm not going to meet the audience. I uh, not consciously, but like, in hindsight, I, I understood that doing something like, because I also did zoom events for more people. Um, and as well as this idea to record conversations is is a way to actually keep that tradition alive life of meeting uh, in Norwich or Cambridge and play you know playing impro- uh experimental music together you know and it and it's just that you know and and that's also why i don't i don't literally don't care if anybody's going to watch this till the end <laughs> <laughs> i do not <laughs> you know and that's uh a, i i can't i can't i can't thank you enough
1: for this no no really really the, the it's it, 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 it's been a pleasure and thank you for reaching out um to to make contact great great to reconnect and um you know it's, there's much more to tell here's to the next time
0: exactly see you again in zurich or wherever
1: Where? where yeah <laughs> exactly where wherever you get wherever you get the chance it's been a huge pleasure <laughs> Exactly. And, uh, until next time thank, Thanks, thank you mike bye for now bye bye
0: cheers